1: Bron- 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 Broncos, Broncos country. Let's ride with Touchdown Denver. Touchdown Denver. Hosted by Nick Ferguson and George Stoya. Touchdown
0: Denver. All right, everybody, welcome into another episode of Touchdown Denver, hosted by myself, George Stoya of the Denver Gazette, and my good friend Nick Ferguson, who I ran into in the press box today. He was in there cheering in the press box. Big no no. Had to had to leave the press box uh during that Marlon Mack uh touchdown. Nick, how you doing, man?
1: I'm doing uh wonderful. Now I, I left to be full disclosure, I left on my own. No one threw okay. me out. No <laughs> one threw me out. Uh I didn't really I didn't really yell that much. I was just like, oh, that's all I said. That, yeah. The, yeah, that's all I said. And then all these heads turned around and just kind of look back to well finish. I didn't realize it was you yes where is that coming from but you probably say said this who's the idiot uh yelling and screaming in the press box that's probably what you I say. didn't say that I was
0: just like I I honestly was still in shock that the Broncos had that good of a play um but I I, I turned around I was like oh it's Nick and then you left <laughs> and I was like oh there goes Nick
1: yeah man I I was uh uber excited because just like you man I mean, things look rather bleak for the Broncos at that point. They were down 27-0. Fans were leaving uh, the stands. And I just wanted to take a trip down on media road just to see how the media was handling it. And just as I thought, everyone was down, Debbie Downers. And here we go. Everyone's kind of writing their articles. And then, boom, bust off that screenplay. And and once again, it it took me by shock. Because it was like, wow, the Broncos, up until that point, didn't really have a lot of positive plays. And it was like, oh, that's exciting. So, yes, forgive me. And I apologize to the group. Forgive me for kind of being a player, being a former coach, and just being freaking like excited. Is Am I wrong for that, George? I mean, no. <laughs> but <laughs> right. But there are rules. There are rules, Nick. <laughs> what rules? I didn't get the rule book. I didn't get it. That's
0: true. That's true. You're technically, I mean, you're, you're media, I guess, but it doesn't matter, honestly. But uh, I will say though, you know, I thought the game to be fair, Nick, when it was 27 to zero, yes, people were, were like, man, they stink myself included. I was like, (laughs) this is bad. This is really, really bad. And clack. In fact, I think I even, I, I tweeted at some point that the uh, Broncos, the dam has broken. And while the Broncos have have been dead, they have just turned to ash uh, when they went down 27 to nothing. Uh, And obviously they they come back, Nick. uh, You know, what really sparked it was Josie Jewell has the interception, um, I think towards the end of the the first half. They go down, Jerry Judy scores his first touchdown. Chiefs come back out. Patrick Sertan gets an interception. Broncos go score again, Jerry Judy again. Then it's halftime, 27-14. And even then, I think, Nick, that's when I ran into you. Uh, and and even then, I think people were like, Yeah, what you know, they're not gonna come back. Then they get the big screenplay to start the second half. Uh, and, and it, then it was like, Oh, here they come, 27-21. Uh, obviously, you know, Chiefs go down, they score. I think was that the end of the third quarter, I, I believe. Mahomes has, you know, just one of those ridiculous plays. He had a couple today that was just unbelievable. Uh, you know, and then the Broncos come back. Russell Wilson gets hurt, they still score. Uh, and obviously, fall 34-28. Nick, just what was your reaction? Uh, lots of highs and lows. I would argue, like I know they lost, uh, and the, the losing streak continues. But I'd argue that's maybe the most complete game that they've played uh, really all season. And I know they didn't win, uh, but when you talk about how long they played well uh, in terms of end of that first half, all the way through most of the second half, uh, I thought it was I thought it was a pretty well played football game for them.
1: Yeah, it was. And how, how about uh, this sucking for the NFL because they flexed the Broncos out of that Sunday night spotlight where they have now the, the, I think the Miami Dolphins playing the Chargers. but this was a very exciting game uh, to the bitter end at the outset. No, it, it wasn't, but I was really proud of this team as far as how they competed, because when we look at the season as it has go- gone along, This team hasn't shown that they've had the ability to finish. Yes, they they lost the game, so they didn't finish this game. But but here's another F word for you, right? And it is they continue to fight. And that was the one thing that I wanted to see. And and it's one thing if you're fighting against the Colts or or you're fighting against the Jacksonville Jaguars. No, you went toe-to-toe with Patrick Mahomes and the mighty Chiefs, a team that is playoff bound and probably Super Bowl bound if they can show up a couple of things offensively and defensively. But let's be totally honest. This is the first time we saw, you know, Jerry Judy really look like the guy that the Broncos drafted. And it was based on, you know, Nathaniel Hackett, putting him in positions to make plays. And for all those who said negative things about Russ leading up to this point, And trust me, I heard a lot of those things sitting in the booth. But Russ really really showed the toughness that he has as a player. And even though he's been doubted as far as his leadership, man, that guy went out there and he laid it on the line. And when I mean laid it on the line, he really put his body in jeopardy, but I'm really happy about what I saw. And you just hope that this continues with the remaining of the games that that are left over. What's going to happen with Russell and concussion protocol We don't really know, but man, I I was uh, really entertained by what I saw on both sides of the ball.
0: Yeah. I mean, I I wrote in my gamer, Nick, um, you know, for three minutes and and 32 seconds there from the moment Josie Jewell had the interception uh, till the the Marlon Mack screen pass there at the beginning of the third quarter, they played perfect football in terms of they got turnovers that, you know, for a defense that uh, is arguably the best in the NFL, especially statistically. They haven't been great at getting turnovers. Today, Josie Jewell gets the interception. He gets two of them, right, um, the first two of his career, uh, which is pretty astonishing considering how long he's been in the league. Then you've got Patrick Sertan, who no one throws at Patrick Sertan. They throw at him today. He makes them pay with a great interception uh, on the ground there. And then the offense moved the ball. I mean, that's the best we've seen the offense, Nick, all season. Obviously, they score a season-high 28 points. Russell Wilson throws three touchdown passes. He obviously had the big costly interception and that's Nick to me when, when he threw that interception, the pick six uh, that was like, Oh my God, that that, like the the stiff arming him to the ground. I was like, that is, that is the Broncos season in a nutshell. Uh, And and for them to come back and to not give up, I I think does say something about this team. And again, no one out there, right? Nick, Justin Simmons, Justin Simmons, even said it after the game, there's no moral victories, especially in the NFL, right? There really aren't. But when you talk about how bad, this Broncos team has been this season and how close they've been in some of these games. I kind of do say this is a moral victory, And I don't know what he wants to hear that out there, but when you talk about how bad it's been this season to perform that well for that long of time, like I said, the three minutes and 32 seconds, but really from the moment Josie Jewell had that interception to the moment Russell Wilson went out of the game with the concussion, like that was, that's the best football they have played this season. And they played it for a long time. So Hats off to them for, for continuing to play. I think a lot of teams that are, are three and nine sitting down twenty seven to zero. Not to just anybody, like you said, Nick, to a team that I think is probably going to maybe win the Super Bowl this year, uh, and and has beaten this team thirteen times now fourteen times in a row. I hats off to them.
1: Yeah, hats off to uh, Kansas City because they pulled the game out. But also you got to tip of the cap to the Broncos because we all knew after last week's loss in Cincinnati, a team that Kansas city can't seem to uh, figure out that they were going to walk in with an attitude of like, Hey, we're going to put up points. And you're right. When Russell tried to throw that, that pass to Brandon Johnson and it was a tip back to the linebacker and he ran it in for a touchdown. I think it, everyone was like, Oh man, just the air went out of the stadium, but they continue to fight back. And once again, w- when we look at the idea of getting to the playoffs, it was the fact that you got you have to beat teams in your own division to do that. And we know that, that the creme de la creme or the bell of the, the, the ball is the Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes. I would have to say that the Broncos went out there and they really played their tails off. And it was really exciting to see because walking into this game, I know neither you nor I or anyone else for that matter, picked the Broncos to even score 28 points or let alone be in this game but just to know how well they fought back. And once again, that was a d- defensive-led comeback. I mean, you talk about Josie Jewel kicking things off, then PS2 kind of got involved with it at the same time. And it just kind of built momentum uh, with, with the players on the field, the play call, and you could just feel the energy in the stands just kind of totally change. So hopefully the fans were uh, excited about this. And You're right, there's no moral victories, George. But I think looking at how well Kansas City has been over the past 14 tries, you have to look at it and say, you know what, for this one, we'll take a moral victory.
0: Yeah, definitely. And and, and Nick, we'll get into Russell Wilson here in a bit because we have a lot to talk about him. And, and obviously uh, that injury is kind of scary there for, for a minute for sure. Um, and, and we can also talk about Brett Ripon in a minute. But I did want to ask you about uh, the two plays Mahomes made tonight. And from a defensive perspective, because look, I thought the defense played pretty well tonight. Yeah, they gave up some big plays. That's going to happen, right? Against a good Chiefs team. Travis Kelsey's going to make some plays. Uh, I thought McKinnon was really good for them tonight. But then Mahomes, man, those two plays he made, the one where he scrambled out, throws the no look, uh, kind of like jump pass type ball to McKinnon, who then takes it all the way to the house. That's an unbelievable play. It was a no look, too. I mean, unbelievable. And then the, the play in the, I think it was the third quarter, where he scrambles around, looks like he's going to get sacked, gets hit as he throws and throws it right in the back of the end zone uh, to Juju Smith-Schuster. I mean, Nick, when you're a def- defensive guy, do you just kind of throw your hands and be like, well, that's going to happen sometimes?
1: Well, yeah, you go into the game you knowing as you, you face players who are great at improvisation, and Patrick Mahomes is definitely one of those guys he said, well, he's going to make his plays. You just try to limit the amount of plays that uh, he he makes. And after that play took place, and I'm calling it the Patrick Mahomes skyhook play, a la Kareem Abdul-Jabbar to Jet McKinnon, the first thing I said, well, it's like playing against Barry Sanders back in the day. No, I did not play against Barry Sanders, but I definitely watched him uh, as a kid growing up. You knew great players were going to make great plays. And you you knew you were not going to stop Barry from making those plays. It's kind of the same thing with Patrick Mahomes. It's just a lot of backyard football. And here's what I would say. When I, when I think about, you know, uh, Colin Murray, when I think about Patrick Mahomes, the first thing that comes to mind, George, isn't is it football. It's, it's the fact that these guys have baseball backgrounds. And that, that baseball background allows them to have those different arm angles where they try so many tricky things in a book that most quarterbacks would be told not to try. But Patrick Mahomes just excelled in those areas. And really quickly, that pass that he threw to Juju Smith-Schuster in the back of the end zone, that's one of those plays that you, you try to practice, but you never get it perfect until you sit in the game. It's a scramble drill. The quarterback is scrambling. You know the wide receivers, they're going to convert their routes, especially inside the red zone. And what that means is if you have a guy that's running inside, He's going to pivot back and go right back to the pylon. If you got have a guy who's running a curl route, he's going to run and work the back line of the end zone. And basically, defensively, you have to plaster. and I, And I saw Alex Singleton and uh, Ju- uh, Justin Simmons trying to make sure that they get in the way to stop that play. And George, I'll give you a little tidbit about myself. I was involved with the scramble drill back in uh, 2006. We we're playing uh, Big Ben. And the still is for the right to go face to see the Seattle Seahawks in the Super Bowl. he scrambles, he breaks the pocket. Both champ Bailey and I have Heinz Ward dead to rights in the end zone. He puts his foot in the ground. He crosses my face before I can even take two steps. The ball is off. I jump off my left leg. Heinz Ward catches the pass and this loud roar rings out uh, then in Vesco field. So I know what it's like to be involved in plays like that. Sometimes you hope the defensive pass rush can save you. Sometimes when it doesn't, ends up in a touchdown
0: yeah and you know with the Chiefs man they run some some stuff too that you could tell some of the crossing routes uh I think that there was some communication issues at times uh where you know who was supposed to continue with the guy I know that happened one time with Josie and Justin they got confused on who was supposed to continue following him uh and those sorts of things but like you said Nick like those are going to happen those scramble plays are going to happen right and patrick mahomes is the best in the world at it right i mean he's he's unbelievable um and again some of the plays he made today is why he's probably going to win the mvp and why the chiefs have a chance at winning a super bowl uh and you just have to you kind of have to tip your cap to him and and even against you know again mahomes even said it after the game uh in his press conference you know this is a really good broncos defense and while he's 10 and 0 now in his career which is crazy to think he's 10 and 0 against the broncos he said, This is one of the hardest teams to ever play because they're so sound defensively. Uh, and so you have to make plays like that if you're going to win games against this Broncos defense. So uh, you just kind of have to tip your cap. And I mean, you look at the stats, Nick. Uh, Mahomes was 28 of 42, 352 yards, three touchdowns, and three interceptions. A lot of that uh, yardage came really in the first half. Um, you know, they were able to, I think, fix some things defensively there in the second half. That kept you know the Chiefs from from moving the ball real. I mean they only scored seven points, you know in the third and fourth quarter, and it was on a just an absolutely crazy play. So uh, again, that's going to happen. We talked about it leading up to the game. Mahomes is going to make his plays. But Nick, we got to take a break real quick, uh, and then we got to dive into some Russell Wilson talk because uh, I think he might have played the best game of his career so far in the Broncos uniform.
1: Ride with Touchdown Denver. Touchdown Denver. Hosted by Nick Ferguson and George Stoya.
0: Alright, everybody, welcome back from that quick break. Uh, and Nick, uh, I wanted to play something real quick. We were just talking about this team fighting back. Uh, and obviously it was impressive. And, and you know, really a lot of it was the way Russell Wilson played. But I wanted you to hear this at this, this audio from Hackett talking about. You know, we, we said no moral victories. Hackett kind of said the same thing post game, uh, and basically said that he was proud of the way that these guys were able to fight back into this game. So here's that audio from Broncos.com.
1: The goal is to win. We all know that, but to watch these guys when you're down 27 to zero, I, everybody had a choice on how they wanted to continue
0: that game, and I get I'm 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 so impressed with all those guys, uh, defense, offense, special teams. They didn't blink. They stayed together. Uh, defense came through with a big play for an interception. Offense was able to play complimentary football and score and continually scored after they got another in- interception and then another one. And I just, I mean, that's all, uh, it's great. I, it is awesome. It, we got to finish. <laughs> we had opportunities to continually win that game. And uh, I appreciate that. But, and that is kind of that moral victory, but uh, we want to win the, the game. And we had a chance to, uh, but, but I'll tell you, the, the fight that these guys have is 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 awesome. Nick, and, and, You know, what Hackett is is obviously speaking to there is is obviously the team playing hard. And and really, we talked about it, right? Three and nine, a lot of teams would have checked out, right? For them to play that way, I think, speaks a lot to the leadership in that room. And I think that it speaks a lot to Russell Wilson, Nick, because you look at what he was doing in the first quarter, he wasn't great. Uh, He looked like Russell Wilson of this entire season, right? Missing some guys, they weren't moving the ball, three and outs. They had that first drive that kind of stalled around midfield. He was getting sacked. I think he got sacked six times, Nick. But he kept battling, right? Uh, and he stayed in there, and, and and he, you know, ended up delivering some big, some big passes. A lot of passes where he's scrambling out of the pocket, breaking some tackles, and, and getting downfield. What, what was maybe the most impressive part of the way Russell played, obviously before before he got injured uh, there in the fourth quarter?
1: Just the fact that he was uh, battling, trying to. Uh, withstand the onslaught of pressure that uh, Spagnola was sending at him. And, and, you know, when we saw Russ in in the first and second quarter, it just looked like the Russ that we've seen this far. And I found myself explaining to uh, some individuals in in the press area exactly what it was that they were seeing. And the, the comments were like, okay, well, he's missing a Jerry Judy who's wide open downfield and he's selling for outlet passes to either Latavius Murray or maybe Greg Dosage, I said, well, the reason that's happening, guys, let's really look at this situation. Dalton Reisner was the only starting offensive lineman in the, in, in, on that unit for the past three games. He was out, and now you had a rotation of a, a left guard between Quinn Bailey and uh, Natani Muti. And then on the other side, I mean, y- you had uh, Luke Wattenberg just trying to fill in himself. And to me, it was really bad because they were giving up a lot of uh, pressures and, and Russ had to scramble. So some of his passes uh, may not have been as accurate as you wanted them to. And, yeah, there were a couple of times Jerry, Jerry Judy was open downfield. But as I explained to him, it's hard to find that open guy when you're constantly looking down in front of you because you didn't know where the sack was coming from. But for me, it was even with all those things taking place, 11 hits on a quarterback and you're sacked six times. Now, I don't know about you. I, I've played uh, uh, quarterback in Pop Warner and in the backyard. But being hit that many times can be really discouraging. But I mean, Russ just kept chipping away, and it just seemed as though, as as, as long as Russ was still still had his head in the game, George, it just seemed like offensively, uh, Clint Kubiak started uh, calling some different plays. Even uh, I think you were in the press room when uh, when when Nathaniel Hackett was talking about this about moving Jerry Judy around. I thought that was fantastic to move him around to kind of give him some open looks away from that uh, bracket coverage that uh, Spagnuolo started to utilize to shut down Jerry. But those guys kept battling, man. So I got to give my tip of cap uh, to both uh, Russ and Jerry Judy for the way that they performed today.
0: Yeah, Nick, did you know – you mentioned the offensive line, and obviously Russell, um, you know, struggled in terms of, you know, the pressure that was in his face early in the game. Did you know, Nick, it was their eighth different starting offensive line this season that started today? with Dalton Reisner out, and he's the only guy, we've mentioned it, he's the only guy before tonight that uh, had started every single game uh, on the offensive line. And, Nick, listen to this. This is is another stat to throw at you. Eric Tomlinson and Eric Saubert are the only two offensive players this year to play in every single game for the Broncos. That tells you, and we're going to get into some injury stuff later, but that tells you what they're dealing with on offense in terms of some of the injuries and obviously guys just being out. Uh, I thought Russell handled it really well, right? He took a couple sacks, Nick, here and there where, uh, you know, I don't know if it was necessarily the offensive line's fault. He's got to get rid of the ball a little bit quicker. And he tends to do that every once in a while because he's trying to make a play down the field. Uh, we see that quite a bit. But Luke Wattenberg really struggled at that left guard spot, Nick. They ended up uh, benching him for for Natani Muti. And then also Quinn Bailey came in and played a little bit too at that left guard spot. So, And they were much better protection-wise when they brought those guys in. So that helped a little bit, but man, I thought Russell was a gamer, uh, man, like that, that's the Russell Wilson that they traded for Um, that's the Russell Wilson that they extended for, you know, quarter billion dollars or whatever it is. Right. Uh, you look at his stats, man, 23 of 36, 247 yards, three touchdowns, the one interception, which was obviously costly, uh, and a 100.1 rating, which I think is his second highest this season. Um, so Nick, it, it was just an efficient game from him too. And I think a large part of that, Nick, is Jerry Judy. I mean, Jerry Judy was a Justin Jefferson, Ceedee Lamb type of player tonight, right? When they needed a big play, he was open, and he was open for a lot of the game, like you said. But you can't get him the ball all the time. But he he made the big plays when you needed him to. I thought he was really good. He was he was getting open. They moved him around, like you said. And then Kendall Hinton, man, that kid, he is he just plays hard. He makes big catches. Uh, I thought the first down he made on the third and ten, that one time where he broke a couple tackles, was a big play. How about Greg Dulcich too? I think he needs a shot on on offense. The, how about the tipped uh, tipped catch that he made down the field on on I think it was like second and thirty four or something crazy like that. They ended up scoring on that drive. Uh, and then I thought Nick Russell Wilson four four uh, rushes for I think fifty seven yards led the team in in rushing yards tonight. I think that was kind of the difference for him was he was able to to. to uh, make some throws with his feet, and then make some some plays uh, running and and getting first downs.
1: You know what, George? When we previewed this game, I believe uh, last week, Thursday, Friday, that was one of the things that uh, you know I tried to hit on. Going back to the game against the Bengals, the pocket started to break down around Joe Burrow, but there was still somewhat of an escape hatch to the right side of the the offense, which would be the left side of that Chiefs defense. And Russ found it and and he started to exploit it because what Spagnola, his defensive plan became at that point take Jerry Judy out and we force the offensive fight with one hand tied behind their back. But when you start to do that, now you're drawing not one, not two, but three defenders that are going to vacate that five to six yard uh, area where the quarterback is in that offensive line. And Russ, you know, looking at like vintage Russ, if you want to say that, pull the ball down and uh, made some uh, some yards, picked up some first downs. Could you imagine if Russ, before he was knocked out, let's just say he wasn't even knocked out. He was able to take that ball and plunge into the end zone. Th- that stadium in power field would have went nuts. But this just goes to show what Russ is. And we've heard this, t- this term uh, before. Well, Russ is washed, right? And I never really understood that. And I, I'll ask you, right, because we've discussed that Ad nauseum are here on the show, and we both have heard it. When you look at what you saw from Russ today, right? Even including the first half, do you feel as though he's washed? Uh no, but oh, wait, 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 hold on, George. Wait a minute. See that see, usually when someone asks you a question, usually just is bam right now. You right on it. But you gave me that that George Costanza, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> right. So so which one, which one is it, George? I It's no, but I want
0: to see more, Nick, because I, I wouldn't say he's washed, right? I mean, washed, I, I guess it depends on your your definition of washed, right? Like, if you say washed, that means he should probably be out of the league. He shouldn't be playing anymore. I don't buy that, right? right. Uh, is he, uh you know, the same caliber as he was five, six years ago, you know, playing for Super Bowls? Probably not. Can you win a Super Bowl with him? I think so. If you build the right team, right, you have the right people around him, I think you can get... Uh, you know, good quality play out of him. And, and he can do a lot of good things. I want to see Nick him build on this and who knows how much we'll get to see him the rest of the year. And, and again, we'll dive into injuries here in a minute, but like, it, I want to see him go do that again at another, in another game in another close game. Right. Uh, I, I don't want it to be this situation where it's a one-time thing. Right. Uh And we don't see it again for the rest of the year. And maybe we don't see Russell the rest of the year because Do you really want to risk him getting that, that hurt? Uh, And that was a pretty serious hit he took, but um, you know, that's my thing is I'm not going to say he's washed, but I still want to see him build on this because we haven't seen that yet. And we haven't seen him play consistently good in back-to-back games, right? You think back to the Raiders game, right? That was his other big game that he, he, I think he threw two two touchdown passes. He's only had two games this year, Nick, that he's thrown uh, more than one touchdown pass in a game. And it was, I believe against the Raiders and it was today against uh, the chiefs. So he, he didn't, he didn't build on that earlier this year. So I want to see him do it again. I want to see him get out of the pocket more. I thought he was fantastic when he got out of the pocket. I want to see him use his legs because he can still go man at 34 years old, that guy can go. Uh, and I think that teams don't think he can. And so that's why you're, you're seeing, I mean, they had, they weren't spying him at all today, right? Uh, he could go at any point and he, he got downfield quick. So that's my thing is I don't think he's washed. I think washed is, is a tough term. Is he as good as he used to be? Obviously not. Uh, but I think that he can still play really high level football. Uh, I just want to see him do it on a week to week basis.
1: Yeah. The only way that we will have an opportunity to see if he can consistently do it on a week to week basis is the fact of having consistent uh, protection up front. Now that's something that we can cross our fingers, knock on wood and use a four leaf clover and put it in our pocket and break a chicken bone, but uh, that doesn't get necessarily guaranteed, George, that we're going to actually get that because uh, we'll get to it shortly, but the injuries continue to pile up for this team. And one area where you don't want things to – those injuries, uh, if you will, to pile up is on the offensive line. You need that cohesiveness across that offensive line because, like my mom would say, the right hand needs to know what the left hand is doing. And right now it's hard when when you have about 18 hands – that you have to actually deal with in those 18 hands, meaning there's so, so many changes in the offensive line that you can't really get a good feel for the guy next to you. And that makes things more difficult for the play caller because you don't know what plays you can call for uh, success. And as a quarterback, you, you don't know where the blitz is going to come from. So I don't envy uh, Russell Wilson being in this position because uh, I, I gave you a couple of uh, weeks ago a four-game total. 48 hits and he was sacked 15 times. You know, I'm going to tally those numbers, but uh, I'm not a betting man, but I'll bet that those numbers have increased drastically. Hence to what you're saying, as far as with only a couple of games remaining in the season, do you roll Russell Wilson back out there and play? And if he's not good to go, which he may be in concussion protocol, that's a, that's given two weeks right there. So, I'll say, you know what, man, great job, Russ. You ended the season on, on one of your best games of the year. Uh, you know, take a knee, take a bow, and let Brett ripping kind of uh, let it rip and see what actually happens.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm i with you there, Nick. I, I probably also would probably really strongly consider shutting him down for the year, just considering it's not only the concussion thing, which looked really bad. And I don't know if you saw, Nick, the picture of him. Uh, his face. Yeah, his, his face, yeah. and then like he had a knot on his head. Uh, it looked really bad. It, but you also, you know, factor in he probably still dealing a little bit with that hamstring injury from earlier in the year. I still think the lat shoulder injury is something that's bothered him all year. I think that's something that happened even before the season. So you, I, if I'm if I'm looking at Russ, I'm saying, hey man, we need we got you long term. Next year's a really big year for them, right? They need to win some games next year uh, we, you know, I would be like, Hey Russ, we need you hundred percent next year, but also knowing Russell, he's going to want to play. Uh, and I think even tonight he tried to get back in there, Nick, I saw him on the sideline. They Mm -hmm. took him in that blue tent. He came out after ripping through the touchdown pass, uh, and was high five and hugging guys over there. Uh, and then they had to take him back to the locker room. And I think he was, you know, probably trying to hustle in and try and pass the concussion test or something. Also, Nick, uh, you know, one reason he needs to play—he's at 11 touchdowns this year. You know, I don't know if you've seen the uh, viral TikTok of the guy keeping track if he can uh, have more touchdown passes than he does bathrooms in his house, which is 12. He has 12 bathrooms in his house, Nick. So he needs one more to uh, one more touchdown to uh, match the bathrooms.
1: You know what, George? It is quite absurd uh, how individuals uh, in the sport—you can call it the love of the game. Uh, obsession. I just call it a lunacy that you look at how much a guy makes, uh, where he's living, how much he paid for his home because that became an issue. Well, he's paying all this money for his home. How's that going to make his teammates feel? It shouldn't make him feel like anything because guess what? He's a freaking quarterback and that's what they paid him. And when they pay you that m- type of money, you can go out and buy luxurious things like that. So it really shouldn't matter how many bathrooms he has in his house, right? It re- really, really, sh- it-, it really shouldn't. But In the day and era that we live in and with a struggling team, every and anyone will find something to talk about as a way to criticize either the Broncos or Russell Wilson. How many bathrooms do you have, Nick? Enough. (laughs) I have one. Yes. (laughs) Long as I can get to it, George. Living lavishly here. (laughs) (laughs) Living lavishly.
0: Yeah, I mean I look what you and I have talked about about the people piling on Russell Wilson. I, I just uh, know there's a lot of people out there saying, oh, he needs one more to get to the get to the number. But uh, uh definitely gonna be interesting to see how they handle Russell going forward. But Nick, let's take a quick break and then we gotta dive into man, just some more injuries today. We saw a couple other guys go down. Uh and so we'll dive into that and maybe try and figure out why why is this team cursed uh, with the injury button.
1: Let's ride with Touchdown Denver. Touchdown Denver. Hosted by Nick Ferguson and George Stoya. All
0: right, everybody, welcome back from that quick break. Enough bathroom talk uh, from Nick and I. But uh, Nick, uh, we we talked a little bit about Russell's injury. I thought Brett came in, um, did about what you expect, right? I mean, it's tough for a guy to come in. Um, you know, in that spot, he talked a little bit about that after the game. Um, and you know, he also talked to Nick about Russell and, and just how tough uh he was tonight. Like you said, you know, six sacks, 11 quarterback hits. I mean, the guy's just taking a beating. And really, I mean, Nick, at this point in the season, too, we're talking what is this week 13, week 14, whatever it is, he's taking a beating all year. I would have to look up how many times he's been sacked this season, but I would have to assume he's towards the top of the league. Uh, but here's, here's Brett Rippin. We have the audio of him talking about Russell Wilson after the game and kind of just his toughness uh, t- to stick it out in that one.
1: Yeah, I thought he was, you know, stepping up in the pocket really well. Um, you know, I thought our guys made plays. Um, you know, we had a lot of good yards after catch, which helps. Um, but, you know, ultimately, uh, I thought he was getting the ball out on time and, you you know, he was stepping up and making plays and putting his body on the line, man. I mean, we can say all we want, but we're three and nine. They're nine and three. And the guy's out there battling his ass off to try to win the game. Like that to me is somebody I want to follow. Mm. Wow.
0: That was a good quote, man. And and I think it also speaks to one. One, Brett's just really good. He's a great guy, a uh, great person to talk to in the locker room, but. Uh, I think it also speaks to Nick. There's been a lot of talk recently about losing the locker room, leadership, Russell Wilson. uh, You know, is this a guy that people actually believe in, in that locker room? And I think today showed a lot. One, it showed the belief that the guy's still having him, And I think it also just showed the guts that Russell has to stick that out. And, and Nick, it was unfortunate to see him go down because one, it was, it was a really scary injury. Um, You know, Mm -hmm. it it reminded me a little bit of the Teddy Bridgewater one uh, last year where uh, he goes down, takes a hard hit to the ground um, and, you know, is kind of not moving. And it was unfortunate. He got up, obviously, he still looked totally out of it when they first brought him off to the sideline. But, um, you know, I I think that it it was unfortunate to see because he was playing so well, Nick, and he he had just had one of the best plays of the game scrambling on that third and long um, getting him, you know, close to the end zone, obviously sets up a touchdown. Uh, it was just unfortunate to see him not be able to finish that game. And, and I even tweeted it, Nick. I think the Broncos might have won that game if, if he stays in the game because he was playing so well. And, and again, Brett came in and did what he could. Um, you know, had the tough interception there that was towards the end of the game. But, uh, you know, I, I thought Russell, um, like Brett said, was just extremely tough.
1: Yeah, and, and to hear a guy who had to come in kind of cold and uh, lead a team in a very pivotal, pivotal situation – and when you look at when Brett came in, the ball was on the five yard line. You get a penalty and it just seemed as though things are going south at that point. And when the Broncos should have been going north, they were moving backwards, moving backwards, but still to show the resilience. But more importantly, to make that throw. I mean, if you, if you go back and watch that throw, there is the, the offensive line, believe it or not, they did create somewhat of a path. So, you know, Brett Ripper can make that throw. But linebacker Nick Bolton, I mean, the ball went over his outstretched hands. And it just kind of dropped right in the bucket to Jerry Judy, who ran an excellent route. So sometimes uh, the situations are not going to be perfect, but you still have to go out there and definitely uh, execute. And uh, to hear Brett said what he said about Russell Wilson, that tells you that all those uh, things that were said about Russell and the lack of leadership is a bunch of hyperbole. And we know we work in the media business. And when the team is struggling, you got to find something because you're not that creative to come up with talking points. So you have to start to create talking points is that, hey, there is an issue in the locker room. Hey, guys didn't show up to Russ's birthday party. So guess what that means? When you you listen and you look and you talk to those players, just like you and I every single time we're in that locker room, there's kind of a different vibe. So I'm glad that Brett was, uh, he wasn't prompt to say those things about Russell, but he chose to say those things on his own, but that speaks volumes to the level of leadership and confidence these guys have in Russ, and you're absolutely right. The momentum started to swing, and you, if you look at the camera shots of uh, Eric Bieniemy, uh Andy Reid, and more importantly, Patrick Mahomes, they saw that fear, right, that, oh, this game is starting to slip away if Russell doesn't get injured, the Broncos, in my opinion, I feel as though, and like in yours, they win this ball game.
0: Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I, I really believe that, but also, you know, my dad told me if if and buts were candy and nuts, what a party we would have, right? Um, so wait a minute,
1: hold on, George. Here it is. I'm thinking that you've been, you know, uh, very optimistic, and your outlook is positive. I was.
0: I I still am. I'm just saying oh, we God. can't. You know, it's it's you know if and it buts. You
1: know? you know, you know what you did. You you reverted back to you know another sitcom character. You know, Cliff Clavin sitting at the end of the bar uh, and, and, and cheers. That's what you just did. First you gave me Joyce Constanza. Now you're giving me Cliff Clay. Come on, man. What are you Cheers doing?
0: is too old for me. I've ne- I haven't seen Cheers. I, I mean I know it's famous, but I haven't seen it. Uh so that reference went way over my head, Nick. But uh <laughs> but but no, seriously, I, I think you're right. And and like I said, I mean they were playing good football, man, and, and the defense was getting stops, and they they got a couple more in that fourth quarter, even after Russell went out and, and gave the Broncos a chance. Obviously, I think the first one was you know, they started at their own five. Um, you know, you had, a, I think like four or five yards on first down Brett fumbles the snap on the second one. They, they end up having a third and long. They don't convert. Then the next one, they get the ball back again, uh, right after the jewel, the second jewel interception, right. They get around midfield and, uh, ripping tries to make a play downfield He gets hit as he throws. And obviously the ball's intercepted. And, and that was kind of the, the end of the game. Um, as the, as the chiefs ran out the clock, but you know, I, I thought he, I thought he came in and, and played fine. It'll be interesting to see. How they handle Russell, you and I broke that down a little bit earlier. You know, is he – is that a, a guy that can maybe come back and play this week? I highly doubt it. I also would not risk it, right, uh, especially when you're, you're, you're talking about a very serious concussion. It wasn't just like a, oh, we, you know, he got hit in the head one time. I mean, it, he, it was a very serious one. I don't expect him to play. I just think it will be tough to keep him off the field. But, Nick, there was also a couple other injuries in the game that we got to get to. Mike Boone, unfortunately, carted off the field. Uh, It was an ankle injury. I don't think it was as serious as they first anticipated, from my understanding. It still looks like he'll probably miss the rest of the season. Um, But I I don't think there was any break or maybe even torn ligaments there. It was just a very bad ankle sprain, from my understanding, I believe. Uh, And then Kendall Hinton, uh, Nick was having a great game. He wasn't in there the last, uh, I believe, the last drive because he uh, had a hamstring injury. And I talked to him in the locker room after the game um, and he said that it, he just felt it immediately on that drive when they started on the five and uh, wasn't able to go back in the game. And he, he told me he wasn't even close to getting back in the game. It sounds like he's going to have to get an MRI and get that checked out uh, on Monday. Nick, just watch, I, I think that's all the injuries. I can't remember if I'm missing anyone. But, Nick, it just seems like this team's been bit uh, by the injury bug. I mean, what's just your your thoughts on, on these guys and, and losing a couple more guys, especially – Again, like I mentioned on the offensive side, they've, they've had so many guys uh, go down to injury.
1: Yeah, it's, it's something that breaks you down mentally because uh, you walk out of every single game wanted uh, to uh, emerge victorious as far as uh, the scoreboard is concerned. And now you're losing on the scoreboard and you're losing as far as healthy guys on either side of the ball. One guy I think that uh, you, you might have missed out on, uh, Jacob Martin uh, had a knee. So uh, it, it's, it, it's definitely mentally uh, frustrating when you see guys go down because now guys who are not used to playing are thrust into action. And as a coach, it makes it really difficult for you to scheme on either side of the ball. But more importantly, offensively, when you don't know who's going to go down and how well guys are going to play uh, under pressure. I mean, just like you mentioned, you know, early uh, in the show that, you know, when you look at the fact of how many guys you had to roll in, and you know Luke Waldenberg, Waldenberg, excuse me. You know you had to take him out of the lineup and put in tiny Muti. To me, that 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 says a lot. And just think about it. Put yourself in the shoes of Clint Kubiak, saying, okay, well, I have an idea of what I want to run, but I'm very limited because my offensive line puts a lot of stress on our quarterback and our ability to pass pro and run the ball and open up holes. But then also I'm limited because guess what? my receiving core is is dropping like flies. Now, we don't know where Corlin Sutton is as far as his hamstring injury. Will he be back? But I heard fans talking at the game, and you probably heard the whispers too. Gosh darn it, another hamstring. Why don't you guys stretch? And I'm like, uh, a hamstring could be more than just uh, stretching. It's just not that simple. But it is really difficult when you have to watch as so many players uh, get injured.
0: Nick, I was just about to ask you, though, because um, obviously people are are saying that the people the people that are saying just stretch to prevent a hamstring injury don't know what they're talking about. Right. (laughs) I do want to ask you, Nick, as a former player, it is it's totally wild how many hamstring injuries they've had this season. Can you put your finger on why maybe that is? Is it just an, an, an odd occurrence that they're having this many? And how is it that you do prevent those hamstring injuries?
1: Well, you know, there's a lot of things that uh, lead to that, but you know, uh, the first thing I think about is think about how um, short the drives are for offense, and you got to kind of get your work yourself into a lather and work yourself into a rhythm. But they they were not able to sustain those kind of drives early on in the season. That's why we, in my opinion, right, that you know, guys were ending up with these hamstring injuries. So think about it as we start to move into the colder months man, you have to make sure those hamstrings are, are kind of warmed up. They used to have these little uh, adhesive strips that I used to cut, and I used to put them on my hamstrings uh, once we get to the colder part of the month because once you sit on that bench, I mean, that bench is hot. I mean, it's hot fire. So it, it heats up and warm up that strip that I would put on my hamstring so much that, it, I mean, it was really burning me and burning me in the shower, but I needed to do that to make sure that my muscles stay stretched, they stayed hydrated and they still had some kind of uh, fluidity in it. I don't know what the players are doing now, but one of the things that came to mind automatically is not having, you know, long drives to really stretch out to warm up and lubricate those hamstrings could be a reason as to why, because you don't have, if you look on the defensive side of the ball, I would dare say you don't have that many players on the defensive side of the ball with hamstring injuries.
0: Yeah. I wouldn't know, Nick. I don't do a whole lot of exercising. uh <laughs> especially to that degree uh, of these guys, but uh, it is, is, it's just odd, Nick. And it just feels like they've just been unlucky. And you're talking about a team that leads the league already uh, in guys on the injured reserve. I think it's 15. I would assume Mike Boone might be placed on it this week. Um, You know, Kendall Hinton again, didn't sound totally promising. And you talk about four games being left. You know, a guy like Kendall Hinton and, and even Mike Boone, you know, maybe they would try to rush back and, and play in a game or two because both those guys are in contract years and, and kind of unproven guys. Even though I will say, Nick, I'm to the point, I'm giving Kendall Hinton a deal uh, to stay in Denver because that dude just makes plays. And, uh, look, he may not be the fastest or the strongest uh, or the best route runner out there, but, man, he's he's just a solid football player. He makes very little mistakes. Uh, he rarely drops passes. I mean, the guy's just consistent and he can do a lot of things for you. So good on him. Hopefully he, he can, you know, get healthy. And hopefully it's not too serious. But again, you're talking about a hamstring. You're probably out two, three weeks, maybe. Uh, and who knows if Cortland Sutton comes back, I doubt KJ. We see KJ Hamler again this year. I mean, what, Nick, what do you do at the wide receiver? And we talked about the offensive line. I mean, they're completely decimated. They're about to start, uh, next week, five guys that were all, you know, backups are on the practice squad next week uh, on the offensive line, and uh, w- but what do you do at wide receiver when you talk about you got Jerry Judy, who's playing great, right? Um, you know, Jalen Virgil had a catch tonight. It's nice to see that Brandon Johnson. But after that, man, and you're talking about I'm 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 listing undrafted rookie wide receivers, right? I mean, what do you do at What do you do at receiver? And especially too, Russell Wilson's not playing. You're talking about backup quarterback, man. They're in a tough
1: spot. Dude, man, I mean, you're going deep on your fantasy roster, uh, naming a lot of those guys. So I'm sure uh, as soon as Russ was injured, as soon as they got worried about Kendall Hinton and and Brandon Johnson was knocked down on that Russell Wilson in his pick six in the first half, I'm sure immediately they got on the phone and started working the waiver wire to see what wide receivers are out there. So don't be surprised. Uh, come tomorrow or Tuesday. There's some new names uh, out there for the Denver Broncos. Hopefully, George, that this forces the Broncos to kind of elevate, you know, uh, 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 Victor Bolden and finally put him uh, in the mix as a wide receiver. Because I'm just like, why you got the guy on the team if you're not going to implement him into the offense, knowing as though you have very limited options offensively. So hopefully this means uh, an opportunity for Victor Bolden.
0: Or you know what they could do, Nick, is sign Odell Beckham Jr. Stop,
1: stop, <laughs> just, just, stop, George. Just- yeah,
0: I, he's he's already <laughs> said he went. He's obviously going to go to a contender, Obviously, and he's also probably going to sign on somebody that's like he's not going to sign with anybody till like the Super Bowl. Um, you
1: know. Well, but, uh, well George, I, I, it, as absurd as that sounds, OBJ hasn't played all season y- long, so we don't really know where he is as far as his health is concerned. And I know he wants to play on a contender because he wants to try to win another Super Bowl. But for him, maybe it would be smart for him to sign with the Denver Broncos team to start working on that early chemistry because if the Broncos were to add a guy like Odell Beckham, a healthy guy, moving into 2023, that would only take this offense to a whole different level. So while I was laughing initially, I thought about it. it was like, you know what? He wants to be on a contender, but maybe he should be on the Broncos now because they could be in contention next year with a couple of moves.
0: Yeah, well, I think they they, they definitely, I mean, and we can talk about this later, Nick, at a later date in the offseason, but, you know, they're going to have to go out and get another playmaker because uh, we've seen the, the depth at wide receiver this year. Obviously, they had a lot of injuries, but these are also guys that we're now seeing. I just have, in, they're injury prone, right? When you talk about, you know, Cortland Sutton, uh, the Tim Patrick thing, I mean, you forget about him. Um, You know, KJ Hamler has been dealing with injuries throughout his career. Even Jerry Judy, I think starting to really play good football. He's, he's shown that he's had some injury issues. So maybe you bring in, maybe you bring in another guy that has injury, injury issues. I don't know, Nick, Uh, but they're going to have to make some moves at playmaker, but uh, Nick, any final thoughts before we get out of here? We got a lot to talk about. I will say, Nick, I, I feel like we have more to talk about this week because the Broncos actually didn't play terrible. So it's not like we're, you know, uh, just rehashing the same issues. Like we, we can kind of talk about, hey, Russell Wilson played good. You know, some young guys stepped up. Josie Jewell, man, hat off to him. He's having a great season. Uh, but any final thoughts before we get out of here?
1: Yeah, absolutely, man. I got some hot topics that uh, I just kind of had jotted down on a piece of paper that uh, we're going to be flooded with topics and we're not going to be able to get through all of them. But it's going to be breaking down this team in a way that we've never broken them down before. So look out
0: definitely definitely make sure you guys like subscribe share the podcast we will see you guys again later this week uh, as the broncos prepare to take on the cardinals next sunday at home uh at i believe the same time that they played this week what is it 205 p.m so make sure you guys uh, again like subscribe uh, to the podcast and we'll have two more episodes coming your way soon this week